As you may have seen or heard, blueberries have been making headlines in recent weeks after results were published from a recent USHBC-funded study on blueberries and brain health. Blueberries don't produce supranormal function, but they do help to reverse some age-related effects or some deficit-related effects or some effects related to fatigue relative to the participants who didn't get blueberries. Today, we unpack the research that will help to maintain Blueberry's health halo for years to come. This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Welcome back to another episode of The Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. Well, I hope most of you have already seen the news of the latest study results on blueberries and brain health. We were very pleased to see how many media outlets picked up the story of the research project in nutrients about the cognitive benefits of blueberries. On today's episode, we're going to dive into this exciting research and what it means for our industry. I have a couple of guests joining me to help unpack all of this, including our very own NABC USHBC Senior Director of Nutrition and Health Research, Dr. Leslie Wada. Leslie, welcome back to the business of blueberries. Thank you, Casey. It's good to be here. Well, I know many of our listeners will remember you, Leslie, from episode 35 and 102 of this podcast, and we're grateful for everything you do for our industry. Before you introduce our featured guest today, I just thought we'd take a moment and you could give our audience a brief update on what you've been up to since taking over as our Senior Director of Nutrition and Health Research. How's it been going? Well, thanks, Casey. Well, first of all, since I've joined the staff, you know, we've expanded our committee from a health research committee to a health research and nutrition committee. But on the health research aspect, nothing has changed. We continue to issue our call for letters of intent in the fall which we did last fall. We received many excellent letters, but we had to narrow it down to a smaller number of full proposals that the committee and our scientific advisors could read and review carefully. And then from those, we selected three proposals that we plan to fund. One involves working with researchers at Boston University who will use data from the well-known Framingham study to determine if intakes of fruits with high levels of flavonoids, such as blueberries, during midlife and late life stages are associated with a reduced risk of dementia, including Alzheimer's disease. Another proposal we plan to fund is a long-term six-month study led by investigators at Brigham's and Women's Hospital and Harvard University. And they will be investigating whether long-term supplementation with blueberries improves memory and cognitive function in older adults, and whether these changes can be tracked by plasma brain biomarkers. And then the third study that we plan to fund is a study to be conducted at the University of Exeter in the UK. And they will be examining whether blueberry supplementation 
can affect osteoarthritis pain, joint inflammation, and postoperative recovery in participants who are undergoing a total knee replacement for osteoarthritis. Now, with the broader scope of activities open to us as our health research committee converts to a health research and nutrition committee, we are also evaluating nutrition programs and projects that can help us communicate the importance of blueberries as part of a healthy diet. Well, I know that was an important piece that came out of our strategic plan for the next five years. So we've got this kind of mandate and expectation of our industry that we're going to kind of dig in here on nutrition affairs and hats off to you and Dave and the rest of the committee for the work they just did. Selecting all those projects there in Tampa, that's no small job and having to kind of dig through with our scientific advisory board, all those decisions you have to make. I'm especially excited about the response that this latest study has been getting, the study on the potential for blueberries to protect individuals against cognitive decline. And that's been appearing in media such as Daily Mail, some neuroscience news, New Atlas, Produce Blue Book, Supermarket Perimeter, Bake Online, and so many others that the response has just been really phenomenal with hundreds of thousands of impressions from these publications and even more when I see what people are sharing and talking about online. So Leslie, you know, before you introduce our guest today, how did you get connected with Robert on this study and what led the industry in this direction? Sure. So, you know, one of the research areas that our health research and nutrition committee is focused on is brain health. And this was one of the original areas of research when the USHBC first began 20 years ago. Throughout these past 20 years, we've been funding studies and working with researchers to build that base of evidence for the effect of blueberries on brain health. And, you know, this month, June happens to be our brain health month power period. So we're very fortunate to have one of our, our researchers with us today to talk about his work. Dr. Robert Krikorian is a professor in the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Neuroscience and the director of the Cognitive Aging Program at the University of Cincinnati Academic Health Center. His clinical and research interests include changes in cognition with aging, the influence of health conditions on memory decline, and risk for Alzheimer's disease, and interventional approaches to forestall progression of neurodegeneration. His current research involves investigation of the effects of dietary manipulations and non-pharmaceutical interventions, such as berry fruit supplementation. So, Robert, thank you for joining us on the business of blueberries. Thank you for inviting me. It's nice to be here. So, before we dive into the details of this latest study, I think we met 10 years ago when you did your earlier study looking at blueberries and cognitive health. So before we talk about your recent study, maybe we, you could give us a quick overview of the earlier research that you did for us originally with high bush blueberries. That was, I guess, a decade ago. <laughs> that wasn't my first study in, in terms of a berry intervention, but it was uh, the first one that was funded by the council. And at that time, I was interested in um, prevention as I am now. But I was studying older populations, and in particular, our samples at that time involved people with mild cognitive impairment, which is a sort of a technical term that refers to memory decline with aging that's greater than expected for age, so that people with MCI or mild cognitive impairment 
on objective tests have greater memory decline or their performances are, are not as good as their peers who don't have MCI. And it's a substantial increase in risk for Alzheimer's disease and other forms of dementia on the order of maybe 4 to 7% annual conversion or progression from MCI to Alzheimer's disease or another form of dementia. So it's quite a significant risk. And we demonstrated in a subset, I think it was 10 or 12 individuals from among a larger group who participated in the study. The subset also took part in the brain imaging study, and that involved uh, functional magnetic resonance imaging, which is a way to study um, activation in different regions of the brain in response to a cognitive task. And I think what Leslie's referring to is we demonstrated that increased activation of sort of established regions of the brain in the anterior and posterior regions that are involved in what's called working memory, sort of online processing for those who were treated with the blueberries in the course of the study as in comparison with those who didn't receive the blueberry. We showed not only cognitive benefit, but also enhanced activation, which is based on ultimately the measure is a proxy for blood flow. And the brain is capable of altering blood flow to one region or another, depending on the level of the cognitive demand in a region. And we saw that the brains of those who received the blueberry powder were uh, becoming more activated or had greater blood flow than other regions. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much. So as you were saying, that earlier study, you were looking at participants who had some form of mild cognitive impairment and they were older adults. Yes, 68 and older, I think. Yeah. But now this recent study is looking at a middle-aged population. So why don't we now let you talk about your more recent study, which has gotten a lot of attention. Yes. The last five or six years, all of my research now is focused on people who are in midlife, 50 to 65 years old. And there are a number of reasons for moving things back. One of the primary reasons is because dementia, but really every chronic disease condition, cancer, hypertension, stroke, cardiovascular disease, all of those common diseases of aging really develop over a period of many years, decades, actually, uh, beginning in midlife, typically. So in order to, to focus more on prevention, which is what I wanted to do, I decided to move all our work back to, to middle-aged people, as I said, 50 to 65 years old. And unfortunately, in our culture, we're all probably aware that obesity and overweight is a huge problem in Western cultures like the United States. And 48 to 50% of middle-aged adults in the U.S. are overweight and also have a condition called insulin resistance or prediabetes. That, that was our inclusion criteria. 50 to 65, overweight by BMI standards, which means BMI 25 or greater. And also the subjective sense of having less good memory function than, than one did previously. That is, there's a technical term for that. It's called subjective cognitive decline. And it turns out that people in middle-aged or older people who um, report subjective cognitive decline also have increased risk for late-life dementia. So we enrolled a group of people with these three characteristics. We excluded people with diabetes and enrolled them in a randomized placebo-controlled trial 
blueberry powder and placebo powder. And again, it was for 12 weeks. That was our, our intervention period again. Right. And the powder you used was our freeze-dried powder, but you fed the amount equivalent to about a half a cup of right. blueberries it per wasn't, day. It wasn't a very large dose. We had used half a cup in the past and gotten results with it. And because I felt like there was more burden and more risk for dropouts because of that, if we required two half cup doses a day or a much larger single dose, but I decided to go with half cup. And I felt relatively confident that that would be sufficient. And it turned out it was, at least in terms of the findings we obtained. Well, we want to hear all about the findings of this study and the impact this research is already having. But before we do, Let's take a quick break here for our crop report. The North American season is well underway, and as we get further and further into the summer harvest, we're welcoming more and more regions onto the report. So here, once again, is your blueberry crop report. Yes, it's time for your blueberry crop report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Elizabeth Carranza in California, Brandon Wade in Georgia, Neil Moore in North Carolina, Mario Ramirez in Mexico, and Matt McCree in New Jersey. This was recorded on June 22nd, 2022. Good morning, everyone. My name is Elizabeth Carranza. I am representing the California Blueberry Commission and the uh, blueberry industry here in California. Pretty much this week, our volume did see a significant decrease, which we expect this downward trend to continue. Uh, We should probably be wrapped up with our season by the first week of July, if we follow this trend. We are slightly lower this year than we were last year. So if, like I said, if we follow the trend that we have seen in, in previous years, we should continue to decrease pretty significantly from here on out. We are expecting some pretty warm temperatures this week in the high 90s to low 100 degree range. So that should definitely help you know, get the remaining volume off pretty quickly. So yeah, that's pretty much what we have to report here in California. Um, All things are going well so far, but we are slowly winding down. This is Brandon Wade from Alma, Georgia, operations manager for Alma Berry Farms and president of the George Berry Exchange. Well, this week looks like it's probably for most of the state is going to wrap us up on the fresh side of things. Um, I know several packing houses that have already stopped doing fresh and everything now is going process here on my farm and my packing house we are still packing fresh um, quality is up and down but the organic side of things as long as we can get hand picking to continue uh, look quite good so we're still in it but at the same time we've got one foot out the door and probably within this next upcoming week that'll have us finished up on the fresh side of things we've got some Big heat waves coming in today and tomorrow, and then rain expected over the weekend. So with those factors combined, that'll that'll probably push us on out with the exception of a very small amount in the tail end and, of course, some organic. So this may be the last update from me. And hope everyone's had a great season. Hello, this is Neil Moore. North Carolina is kind of in a lull right now. We're between our high bush and rabbit apparatus. The fruit coming out of the state is basically non-existent. The production has been hurt by the early March freeze we had. Our early rabbit apparatus are not fruiting any due to freeze damage, and we're waiting for the powder blue rabbit apparatus to start harvesting in a week or so. Everybody is finishing with the southern high bush this week. The weather has been favorable. 
with highs in the 90s and low 80s and limited amounts of rain. We're in a dry slot right now and really need to have some rain. This will probably be my final podcast report for North Carolina due to the limited volume we will be having the rest of the season. Hi everyone, here is Mario with the Mexican Blueberries report for the week 24. This week, Mexico exported a total of 1,600,000 pounds to all the world in fresh blueberries. And from this volume, 9,000 pounds were organic blueberries, that means 6% of the total production. The exported volume decreased 31% this week respect to, to week 23. And in frozen blueberries, we represent only the 3% of the U.S. market in, in frozen blueberries with 60,000 pounds exported. And for the full season, Mexico has exported 170 million pounds. We continue with the rainy season, but there are no affectations reported. That's all in my report. See you next week. This is Matt McCree representing New Jersey. Uh, so far, weather has been cool and dry, perfect conditions for harvest with highs in the mid-70s and lows in the 50s. We have a few passing showers expected in the next few days, uh, but everything else the rest of the week looks good. Most of the growing region is still on first round due. Some guys are trickling in to get in some blue crop by the end of this week, after this weekend. Buying steady at this point as we continue to get through the first round of Duke. Uh, and the Draper variety coming up in another week is looking pretty good. So as of now, USDA is reporting little over two million pounds shipped as of Monday. So we're still waiting some, for some updates, but that's all I have for New Jersey. Well, thanks so much to our busy growers and colleagues who take time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insight center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've added a lot more features to this dashboard, including USDA shipping price and movement, retail category performance, Nielsen monthly retail sales report, and much, much more. So make sure you go and check that out at ushbc.org forward slash data. Well, let's get back to our featured conversation with Dr. Robert Kikorian and Dr. Leslie Wada. So can you tell us about some of the results that you found in this study? We found that after 12 weeks of supplementation, the, the blueberry-treated participants demonstrated two findings on our objective test and one on sort of a, a self-perceived memory measure. I'll, I'll start with the objective findings first. The first was improved lexical access. Now, that's the meaning of that's probably not transparent, but what, what that means is under timed conditions, how quickly and how effectively an individual can access their long-term memory store, their semantic memory specifically, and produce words that begin with a certain letter of the alphabet. Now, that may seem like a trivial task, but it actually makes relatively prominent demands on executive ability. So that was one finding. And then the other objective finding was reduction of interference in memory. And again, I'll, I'll try to explain that. This was a result that we observed on a list learning task. And typically, a list learning task will involve a list of common words, not unusual words, but very common words. And uh, the list is read 
aloud to the participant, they immediately repeat it back. It's read aloud again, and they repeat it back. And then they happen four times, five times. And those are called learning trials, where you're getting exposed to the words on the list and repeating them back. And the idea is that across those learning trials, you learn the entire list or as many as you can. What happens in individuals with dementia or pre-dementia or, or people who are older is that as they're exposed to those words on the list, internally in, in the mind, other words that are not on the list, but maybe related to the words on the list get activated as well. So if, let's say the, the word table is on the list. Someone might think of, not, not even consciously, but the term chair might also become activated or facilitated. And over the course of the repeated administration and the repeating back or the immediate recall by the participant, that other item, that non-target item, chair, gets encoded so that later when you're asked to recall the words after a period of delay, say 45 minutes or 20 minutes, whatever it would be, or to recognize the words that were on the list from among a larger list that included words that weren't on the list, some of the participants are, are endorsing terms like chair that weren't on the list. In other words, they've learned those words when they weren't supposed to. And a term for that is interference. And we found a reduction of that kind of interference also for the blueberry-treated people. Now, that kind of reduction of interference and the better ability to access the lexicon and inhibit terms that shouldn't be produced, both of those tasks rely on executive ability or what's sometimes called frontal lobe function. So the way I interpreted those findings was as a more general enhancement of executive ability, better control, better ability to access the lexicon, better ability to update and resistance to interference. The other interesting thing, though, was we also had, as I mentioned, a, a scale that the participants completed where they they rated how much they were troubled by memory problems in their everyday life, sort of relatively minor issues, but nonetheless problems that might cause them to be inefficient or have to redo something. And there's a, sort of a long list of these potential problems, and the types of memory problems they endorsed were more or less in this category of those that would be influenced by executive ability. So again, that seemed to be corroborating evidence for improvement in executive control for the blueberry-treated people. And this is against the background of, now these are middle-aged people, they're not older adults. And in our culture, executive ability tends to begin to decline in middle age. And if one is overweight, or has insulin resistance, or those kinds of problems, that decline is actually more severe. And actually being overweight at any age, beginning in adolescence, reduces executive function. It impairs executive capability. So I think one way to, to look at what we found was that from a cognitive point of view, we were able to reverse or at least return to a less severe impairment level 
the kind of executive control problems that these people would typically experience. If that makes sense, I don't know. If that... Well, it makes sense. I actually went and grabbed a bowl of blueberries so that I could start taking advantage of what we're learning right now. Were there any surprises going through this process that you felt were not what you expected? Well, not so much not what I expected, but quite different from our studies in MCI and the older people. We did find some benefit in executive ability and the, and the imaging showed us some improvement in working memory, but we pretty reliably got benefits in terms of what you might think of as long-term memory, that is learning something new and remembering it after a delay. Whereas in this study, there wasn't a difference between the groups on long-term memory. It was more this executive control that I was trying to describe. And the reason for that is that even in people who have prediabetes and who are overweight, etc., those people tend not to lose their ability to learn and remember new things until they're much older, you know, in their 60s, 70s, and 80s. Whereas, as I mentioned, executive ability is more vulnerable at a younger age, especially if you're overweight and have insulin resistance. So it was a nice demonstration of the blueberry supplementation enhancing a decrement in a specific kind of way. Blueberries don't produce supranormal function. They don't make us better than we could be at our best, but they do help to reverse some age-related effects or some deficit-related effects or some effects related to fatigue relative to the participants who didn't get the blueberries. We're going to take a quick break here for our Blueberry Boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here is USHBC NABC Vice President of Engagement and Education, Amanda Griffin. Thanks, Casey. This week's Blueberry Boost will focus on our favorite month of the year. While I know we all feel that every month should be a celebration of blueberries, July just so happens to be the official National Blueberry Month. This July, the USHBC will be hosting a nationwide 31-day challenge to encourage consumers to grab a boost of blue. Consumers will be treated to a bevy of activities to celebrate blueberries, engage with the blueberry lifestyle, and encourage them to help us raise support for solving childhood hunger with USHBC's partnership with No Kid Hungry. Our encouragement is to make this campaign your campaign for National Blueberry Month. Help us give away an Apple Watch, an air fryer, and a $50 Visa gift card. Share with your customers and consumers on your company's social media channels that you're engaged in supporting our industry's effort to raise $50,000 for No Kid Hungry. These are all great plug-and-play opportunities for your company's marketing efforts throughout the entire month of July. And if you really want to turn it up a notch this year, become a licensee of Grab a Boost of Blue today and align your promotion and marketing efforts with this incredible call to action that is proven to motivate purchase. Join the ranks of a number of great companies who are already working together to collectively wave the flag that drives demand and makes blueberries the world's favorite fruit. For those of you listening who sign up to become a licensee before National Blueberry Month, we will send you a National Blueberry Month celebration kit to kickstart the 31-day challenge. Visit ushbc.org forward slash license to check it out and sign up today. This has been your weekly Blueberry Boost. Now, Casey, back to you. Thanks, Amanda. Now back to today's episode with Dr. Robert Kikorian and Dr. Leslie Wada. 
Well, and maybe I'll ask Leslie the same question just to understand from your perspective, you know, the committee making the selection of the study early on, kind of getting some sense of what Robert was proposing to do. But were there any surprises from what you saw in the results, Leslie? Yes. I mean, you know, we never know what to expect when we all we can do is fund the study and and see what happens. But I think this was interesting to us because, again, as Robert has said, he's shifted to studying more and more what we consider middle age rather than the elderly population. And we've been funding that target audience. But, you know, the idea of food as medicine, as you brought up earlier, you know, it's the ideal of preventive medicine. We have a pharmaceutical company that deals with disease and how to treat it. But, you know, perhaps it would be less use of that if we were improving our nutrition habits early on, you know, probably, I mean, I would think earlier than middle age, but at least get some middle age people to think about what they're eating and how to improve it now. Don't wait till the plaques develop and, you know, you have Alzheimer's. It's now's the time. And so I think the fact that he wanted to study middle age people is interesting to us to get the message across that, you know, it's never too early to start eating blueberries. Well, super applicable, super timely. And I guess the question to you, Robert, is where do you see this go from here? I mean, you're seeing, you know, your kind of study participant model approach change, but you're still very focused on, you know, the impacts of, you know, in this case, berries and brain health. What's next? Where does the research need to go next? Well, I think further investigation of mechanisms like the reduction of insulin. We also had an exploratory measure in this study uh, where we looked at mitochondrial function in the periphery, in the peripheral blood. It was a smaller set of data that we had than the full study population. But we did get a sort of a weak trend indicating that there was some benefit in terms of mitochondrial function. It may be that one of the basic or fundamental effects is actually influencing some targets that modulate how efficiently energy is produced within our cells. And there's energy production decline with aging, but especially in virtually all forms of pathology, especially brain and heart pathology. Mitochondrial dysfunction is very prominent in those conditions. So we got a little signal that something's going on there as well in terms of uh, one of our measures of mitochondrial function. So I, I'm really excited about that as well. Well, let me ask you, you know, a bit of a, a different question and, and not because we do research for the attention it gets, but this one has gotten a lot of attention since it was completed and then, of course, uh, released. Are you surprised by the coverage of this that this research has received? I was a little bit. I mean, I have no idea. I just sit here in my little office <laughs> and hear things that people like you tell me about this. But the publicity person at my institution contacted me. And I don't know how he found out about it initially. But so he sent me an email with some questions and I answered them and they wrote an article a week later. And that seemed to kick something off. It reminded me of my first blueberry study, which... I mean, I had, that was my 15 minutes of fame. Maybe I'm having it again. <laughs> well, 
It's been a great project to be a part of, and certainly uh, we're proud of the work that it represents on behalf of the industry and the blueberry growers. And I just think we really appreciate your due diligence in what you've been focused on and what you continue to be focused on. And it's great to be a partner in releasing information like this to the public when we have the chance to do so. So I really appreciate your work on this. Well, that was a Fantastic discussion, Leslie. I have to say, if you weren't eating blueberries before that interview started, you're probably eating blueberries now just because it just seems so compelling. And as he was talking, you know, you just feel like, yeah, for us, it's very specific about the value blueberries bring to the diet and the things that we're learning that science is helping to show about the value of uh, what blueberries offer. So, Leslie, I thought we'd just spend a little time here on some of the key takeaways from your perspective, what, what stood out to you in our conversation today? I think a couple things. One is that, you know, when you sit back and you think about his study and how he focused on midlife people, it's important that, you know, a lifetime of good nutrition is important. And that means less obesity and all the problems that that might entail. So a lifetime of good nutrition and eating blueberries is important. I think that's one thing we learned from this talk. And the other thing, based on his comments, was that research is fun and exciting. And I think people forget that. But I'm here to say that research is fun and exciting, both to hear about it and to talk about it and to write about it. Yeah, well, and it's certainly rewarding for you. And I'm sure the committee as a whole, just knowing that, you know, the, these things do take time. And when you get these kinds of results that are validating, you know, what we believe we'll find in the search and research of what blueberries represent. It's just, it's got to feel great for you. And of course our committee. Absolutely. Well, that's it for episode 102. A quick reminder that June is brain health month, a part of our national plan to promote the benefit of blueberries. USHBC is sharing a range of information and enticing resources, including blueberry recipes, nutritional information, and health research. So make sure you go check out that toolkit at ushbc.org forward slash toolkit. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the business of blueberries.